Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode 170. And if you've been living under a rock, uh, then you don't know, but I have been evacuated out of China. Um, It's not as dramatic as it sounds. Just took a flight out of China. But because I have left China, and unfortunately I will not be able to return, today we will be discussing the things that I will miss about China and some of the things I also will not miss. So I'm curious to see what things are going to surprise Jared today regarding what I'll miss and not miss. Uh, We might get a little sentimental today. I don't have a box of Kleenex near me, so hopefully I don't get too teared up and cry, but we will see. So without further ado, my partner in crime, what's going on, Jared? Hello. You know, I'm just happy to see that you're safe. You seem to be thriving, not just surviving, but thriving. Your hair looks great. You're glowing. You're uh, sticking with the um, shirt theme, I see, but this one's a little more subdued. I appreciate it. My eyes are still hurting from our last (laughs) recording session. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Yo, what I was going to say is you're not the only one, though. I have some things that I think I'm going to miss about... uh, or that I Me think I'm going to miss out on about you not not being in China anymore, too. So I'm interested to see how you hear about some of those. But first, everyone, please spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. You can see Chad thriving and surviving in Bali. He's um, been sending me lots of pictures, and I'm very appreciative. Some great videos. Uh, you can see those if you check out the stories, too. Um, but it uh, looks like a great time. You can also follow us on Twitter. Spread a little love. I like to uh, retweet things that are apropos to the pod. For example, one of the whistleblowers of um, one of the initial whistleblowers warning people of coronavirus in China, a Chinese doctor. Away. I wish I had his name. Passed away of coronavirus. Pour some out. Rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. I also tweet things that are retweet things that are more fun than that. Uh, like new episodes to come out. Uh, speaking of new episodes. Spread a little love. Give us five-star reviews, please. Please give us five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. You know, I appreciate people that do it on iTunes. Um, I see you. There's more of you that can do it. Don't think I don't see that, but I do appreciate the ones that have done it. (laughs) But I would appreciate some Stitcher people. You know, I have an iPhone, so I don't pay as close attention to Stitcher as I should. But I, hey, once I, I don't just pay attention to the iPhone people. I know there are a bunch of Stitcher people sneaking by. I, I, I see everything. I don't think you guys realize that. Um, speaking of seeing everything, Chad, um, I have just a, I, I want to ask you a, um, a question to get your opinion on something. Let's so do it. Mumbai, a city in uh, India, is known for having brutal, brutal traffic. Um, it's very clustered there and uh not clustered cluttered there not cluttered um uh anyway there's a lot of traffic there uh, this comes from jalopnik one of my favorite car uh online blog news sources i, I don't know which one you call it anyway i'm just gonna read through some of this i want to get your opinion on this I'm not sure how much time you spent hanging out around traffic lights. Uh, I'm not going to skip that. Mumbai is sort of a traffic hellscape. In the near constant honking uh, of a symphony of cars, auto rickshaws, motorcycles, and scooters does not help the situation at all. In fact, the barrage of noise pollution just makes the whole situation more maddening for everyone, everybody. Which is why the Mumbai police arrived at their clever solution. Let the traffic lights hear the honking. Working with the marketing company FCBI, the FCB interface, uh, they developed a system called the punishing signal that used a uh, a decimeter and some electronics to determine the decibel level of the ambient honking. When the honking noise reaches 85 decibels, the timer for the red light resets, forcing everyone to wait a minute and a half more. Oh, no. There's a large display for both the decibel level and the timer countdown, along with with a big illuminated sign that reads, Honk more, wait more. So anyone who actually takes the time to look and see what's going on. Um, Seems like it played out well. Uh, at least from the standpoint of uh, punishing drivers, they say, uh, for how much it helped with uh, the actually moving traffic along, they don't really have any information on that yet. Um, what do you think of this idea to uh, prevent noise pollution in Mumbai? It's, 
it's super creative. I think it's kind of funny in a way. In in a way, mm-hmm. it's uh, and yeah, it's it's really petty. it's really seems funny. Petty. Um, <laughs> it seems super. Well, see, my issue with this is that well, so it's based on the amount of decibels, right? So if one asshole in the back is honking, that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. they'll have to wait longer, right? Or would it? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, eighty five. That's not where. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know where I came from. It from where I came from. It was what if there are two? You know, obviously intersections crisscross. So what right. if someone that's going the other direction honks their horn? Can it not pick up that it's coming? Will it know that it's coming from uh, people that are trying to go a different direction? But right. then there's the obvious assholes yes they don't account for assholes that's the obvious and there's always that one person that's going to be the asshole just keeping honk 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 three two one honk right exactly exactly i think in terms of like a like an administrative move by like a like a government i think it's pretty funny uh and i think on paper it could work but you know, Jared, that's the problem is there's so many things out there in this world that on paper they seem like amazing ideas, mm-hmm. but then when you try to implement them, there's so many other factors. So yeah, as you said, like having the intersections, uh, when they cross, you know, will one side get to go? Will the other side be stuck there? Yeah, I'm not sure logistically how that works. Um, really more than anything, I just have no faith in humanity. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm concerned about the crisscrossing thing, but really, I, I think my biggest concern would be the person behind me that honks at five seconds for no reason, you know? Right. <laughs> That's true. That, I, I feel like I, at least I've seen some pretty unnecessary road rage happen here in the United States. And for a community that already seems pretty uh, pent up and aggravated mm-hmm. behind the wheel and pretty on edge at all times just to survive, adding in just as punishment uh, just doesn't seem seems dangerous to me. True. But um, I do think that, you know, I've, we've also both driven in big cities, for, like Chicago, for example, mm-hmm. where there are times where like you hear honking where it's like, I'm in like what do you what, what do you, do you think your do? honking's gonna yeah, do? Exactly. We're all in the same traffic here. There are six cars or there are six. There are hundreds of cars in front of me, let alone right. like like what are you honking? What am I I don't understand it sometimes. So I get it from that aspect where it's like, listen, this has gotta stop because like you guys are honking for no reason. Like like right. you like yeah, nothing is true. getting solved by your honking. It's true. A lot so much of the time. What's interesting is they though, also about that honking, Jared, is in Bali, you hear a lot of honking, but it's actually because the way that a lot of the roads are here. Uh, well, first of all, Jared, you'll get a kick out of this. I didn't know this until I came here, but they drive on the left side of the road and they have their steering wheels mm. on the right side of their car. It's like they do in England. Right. Wait, hold on. We drive on the left side of the road. No, we don't. We drive on the right side. No, we drive on the right side of the right. We drive oh, so on they're the just right on side. the opposite. They just yeah. do that. You, at first, you threw me off when you said one. Then they just drive on the opposite side. Yeah, but there is one country somewhere, mm-hmm. a small country. It might be me and me and Mar. They they do. It's all messed up where they drive. I believe on like the British side, but then mm-hmm. like they They're sit on the wheel. British side in yeah. the car, but then drive uh-huh. on like the right. So it's like totally messed up. Oh, interesting. That's, that's why at first I thought you were saying. But um, but okay. Yeah, so they're for it's Bali, opposite side of the road. I didn't know that either. Yes, I didn't know that. But the reason why you hear a lot of honking in Bali is the way that a lot of the roads are constructed, there's a lot of sharp turns and you can't always see around the turns. Uh, and there are a lot of people on scooters mm. and stuff. So like we we took a shuttle from our hotel into Ubud a few days ago uh, and there was just tons of honking, but it was more like a, hey, I'm coming around this corner. I don't want to, I don't want to murder right. you right now. So it's interesting how honking <laughs> right. is used in different countries and cultures. Um, the fact that, some places, I feel like in the states, when people honk, it's like it's like you look back and you're like, "Do you just honk at me?" Like you know, you're gonna get out of your car and like kick their ass because they honked it's, at you. It's often an act of almost an, like an act of aggression here, uh, right. like in, in, in the Midwest at least, where there's not a lot of reason to use honking unless someone's not paying attention. But right. even then, it's just like a "hey, heads up" kind of thing. Right. Um. Uh, can I ask you this? Um, I've heard you mention. I mean, you're in Bali. I've heard you mention Ubud, Bali. Mm-hmm. What is what is Ubud to Bali? Is Ubud another city? Is Ubud within so, Bali? Okay. So here, so here's the thing, Jared. And you, you have the same 
opinions that I did before I came here. Uh, I hate to admit this, but I was incredibly uninformed about uh, Bali and Indonesia before I came here. I am here. too. Um, and I hate to say that, mm-hmm. but I hope uh, I hope not this episode, but uh, following episodes, we'll do some on the roads again because I'm going to be on the road again for a little while here uh, so we can, yes. we can educate our listeners yes. and ourselves as well, which is great. Um, but anyway, so Bali is actually the island. And then there are different cities on the island. So Ubud is a city, Kuta is a city, Semenyak is a city, Sanur. There's all sorts of cities in in within Bali. So Bali is the name of the island. Gotcha. And then Ubud Ubud is kind of the cultural center of Bali, which is where I am. I thought Bali, I thought Bali was a city. Nope. But see, that's also confusing because not confusing, but Indonesia is made up of a bunch of islands, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of islands. We like, yeah, we don't know anything about Bali, or at least I don't. You know a little right. more than me because you've been there for a week or whatever. Right. But there's a whole bunch of other islands we've never even heard of. Exactly. Um, okay. So um, now we do we do uh, want to do some on the road road again. So you do have some essentially as of actually. I mean, for us, as of right now, you're free. You're done. You're Correct. you're no longer a working man. You're unemployed. Correct. You're a free. Man. That's right. Well, I am working for the Untranslatable Podcast. But other than that, I am a free man. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's the hardest job. And, and you know, Jared, I've been trying to take a page out of your book uh, ever since we got the news, which was maybe a week and a half ago, more or less, um, is I've been trying to make this a fun employment. Uh, I, mm. I, loved, I loved your attitude when uh, you lost your job, and I'm trying to take that uh, and and kind of make it my own as well. What has been nice, but mm-hmm. also been a little difficult, is the past five six days I've been in Ubud with my other China fellows, which has been awesome. I love them all to death. They're oh they're they're, they're, great. they're with you too. Yes yes. Oh, so you're so, not alone. That's kind of cool, right? But the the thing was is it's been nice, but it's also been difficult just because we've all been going through this together. Every single one of the China fellows mm, will be unemployed true, yeah. uh, as of February eighth. So to any of our listeners out there that know of any online teaching jobs or uh, teaching jobs in Michigan, get at us on translatablepodcast at gmail.com because your boy is Why looking for stop. some work. That is for sure. But it's been, it's been great, Jared, because we've gotten some closure out of this. We've been able to say goodbye, at least to the China fellows. I think one of the hardest yeah. things for most of us is we did not get to say goodbye in person to our Chinese colleagues, which has been pretty tough. Um, Mm-hmm. So that's not really great, um, but you know, Chad. Yeah, you read my mind. One of my questions that I wanted to ask you, my last one, any goodbyes that you didn't get to say. So, yep, yep. Uh, and it, to it, my it students. makes me feel good to know that it makes me. Yeah, for sure. It makes me feel good to know that you're not leaving just because. At least in my head, I I thought you were in Bali by yourself. So nope. it's 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 nice to know that you're at least getting some closure on, on your time there, and it's not just like get out. You're in Bali by yourself for a few weeks, and then you're back in Michigan. You know, see, there is yeah. Granted, there are a lot of people that you still obviously probably want to and could have said goodbye to, but mm-hmm. it's good that there's some level of closure on it. Exactly, exactly, and uh, I'll be able to. Now I'm officially done with work, but I'm going to stay in Bali for two more weeks. Uh, and there are other yes. uh, English language fellows from China staying a bit longer. So I'll be able to chill with them for a bit, check out the island a bit more, which I haven't done that much. So that will be super nice. Um, Got to find you a super loud shirt somewhere. Uh, Got to buy some other <laughs> yes. gifts and souvenirs as well. Yes. So, uh, yeah. But now that's actually what I was going to ask. Now we're obviously got maybe one or two on the road against planned. Mm-hmm. But could you just give maybe just a slight little, just even for my own edification, mm-hmm. a, a slight idea of some of some thoughts of of, of on the road again you had planned for your time, why for your time in Bali? Definitely want to do uh, an on the road again Ubud because that's the cultural center of Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, also want to do uh, one of uh, Kuda Beach. Um, and then, uh, and then maybe also Semenyak, which is near Kuda as well. Um, so we mm. can do, uh, maybe two, maybe three episodes on the road again, because each city in Bali kind of has its own flair, its own style, 
Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, Ubud is in the middle of Bali. So I'm surrounded by like forests and jungle. And there's the monkey forest here, which is super famous. Um, I will tell you though, Jared, because I don't want to get rabies or hep C, uh, I'm going to steer clear of that monkey forest. I've seen pictures of it. It looks awesome, yeah. but I just figure it's not worth the risk of getting all those just damn imagine. rabies shots. You managed to avoid coronavirus only to try to feed a monkey a, a apple or something and you get rabies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, see, that's the other thing, though, Jared, too, that the thing that a lot of us have been worried about is, uh, you know, once the fellowship ended, we are out of health insurance. So I have travel insurance while I'm here mm. um, and I'm working on getting health insurance back in the States. But um, if I oh, were to be back in the States right now, I'd be It ends at 26. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So, so, what's your plan with there? I, 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 I'll have, have you, I'll have, I have health know. insurance before I come back. Okay, gonna have to pay out okay. of pocket, but uh, it is what it is. So yeah, but yeah, we'll do some more stuff on Bali. I'm gonna try to take lots of pictures because yes. it, it is beautiful here. Loving the palm trees, loving the weather. Uh, also, I have to say, Jared, um, Indonesian people and Balinese people are the nicest, friendliest people I have ever met. Um, they're awesome. So definitely have a lot of That's good things great. to say about Bali. So stay tuned for future episodes, and we will uh, get into that. But now, Jared, I think you know what time it is. I think it's time to... Parada. Oh, spread a little love. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes, and today uh, my shout-out Do out I know what time gonna, it is? I, apparently, well, it's a great time, <laughs> and it's time to spread a little love, Jared. But um, I'm going to be a little selfish today with the shout-outs, Jared, and I want to give a shout-out to... All of the English language fellows, not only the ones here in China that are going through, you know, losing our jobs and everything, but also all of the other East Asian Pacific fellows who we have met in Bali, who have been incredibly supportive, have uh, shared so much empathy with us. They have been so kind, Um, but also especially my Chinese uh, English language fellows who have been so awesome to work with these past five months. Um, they're lovely people mm-hmm. and I hope they all land, uh, back on their feet, hit the ground running, um, and use this opportunity to hopefully find something even better. Although the fellowship is pretty amazing. So it, it's a difficult task to do that. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to go back. You're like, take me back. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I already sent in my yeah. application, Jared. So fingers crossed. Wow. Hoping that in August I will be in a new country teaching English at a university. So you'll be excited for that, though, because that means some good podcasting opportunities as well. I like the stories. See, I'm conflicted. I like the stories and the ridiculous situations you get yourself into when you travel. But I also like having you here with me. You yeah. know, it's it's a very tough. I'm like your. I sound like your mom right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I need to let my baby go. All right, let's um do some untranslatables. Let's do it. I got some more Indonesian ones for you, Jared, just because I figured why oh, not learn a few more while I'm here. So this one I think is... Have a... you caught any... Have you caught any just like, hello, goodbye, thank you? Oh, shoot. Um, yes and no. I mean, most people here that I've met speak fairly decent English. Um, mm. and, and we've been in such a bubble right now that I don't hear a lot of people like Indonesian people talking to each other very much. Um, right. So, so not really. Um, but I'll start us off, Jared. Okay. This one is um, jam karet, and it means rubber clock. Someone that's always late. Oh, very good. Very, oh, very yes. good. Yeah, somebody who's always late. How did you get that so fast? Rubber clock. I don't know. I like. I, I just. I mean, I just assumed. I just took a guess that it had something either to do with being on time or late because they're talking about clock. I don't know. Right. I just went for it, and it felt good. Thanks for asking. Nice. <laughs> that nice. was exhilarating. Uh, the, I, I still love these untranslatables. I, I don't know how these haven't gotten old for me yet. Uh, my first one, except, you know what's gotten old, is just destroying pronunciations. That's butchering starting to get old. languages. <laughs> Speaking of butchering languages, my first one is Slovenian, and it's Živjeti kod Picek na... The veggie to live like a birdie on a branch is that like to mm, i feel like that's like to like never take chances 
Mm. To like always be watching, never actually doing anything. No, no, no. no, no. no. Think, think, think. Many fregista. Think, think of that when you hear that. To live like a birdie on a branch. Oh, to be carefree. Think of the birdie just saying. To be carefree. Perfect. There we exactly. go. Exactly. Okay. Nice. Yes. All right, Jared. Yes. My next one is. Uh, I'm getting kind of hungry, uh, and uh, this one is telur mata sapi, and that means. Uh, Cow's eye egg. Cow's eye, like the eye, like uh, your eyeball eye? Yes. Mm-hmm. Cow's, Cow's eye, egg. eye egg. Oh, it's, it's just like you're eyeing down food because you're hungry or something like that? I will tell you it's a tight, it's a way to cook eggs. Cow, oh, like a like a sunny side like a there we go sunny, sunny side, side up, up. Oh, okay, yeah. okay sunny side up. I let me ask you this. I've I've been dabbling in new styles of egg. Generally, I've always been a boiled and or scrambled person, but I've started okay. rocking, enjoying the fried egg. Oh yeah, fried eggs are great. But I I never feel like I know how to explain it because I usually say fried egg medium. But then that's always follow up with some sort of question. And like nine times, or not nine times, like uh, maybe every four out of ten times I'm getting something that's not what I expected. Like they don't flip it over and, and it's okay. kind of like a so, softer, okay. I don't know. So, so there's a, f- well, for fried eggs in theory, it's, I think they flip it usually. And then the oak is still, the, the oak, the yolk is still cooked. Whereas I think if you go sunny side up or over easy, those are when the, I love it when you can poke the yolk and it breaks and it runs. Yeah. Oh, it's so you delicious. You say I, I say over medium. Okay. But I don't think, is that a thing? I can don't you even say know that? if that's a thing. I, I, I have no <laughs> idea. It. That's why I'm no only, idea. that's why I'm rarely getting what I ask for. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have no, I've, so should I just yeah. say fried egg? Should I just say fried egg? Fr- just say fried egg and see what they say. Try that next time. Say fried egg and see what they say. Oh my god! Google Jared, Google right. it right now because this is going to kill me. Google it right now. Fried egg over medium well, I, and <laughs> see what pops up. I'm just curious. I'm very very curious. Fried egg over medium. Because like over easy would mean that yeah, it's like it's like a sunny yeah. side up egg. These these pictures are are what I'm thinking. It's an egg that that you first you you know you put you you put into the um. To a super hot skillet, mm-hmm. a frying pan, and then you flip it over mm-hmm. and fry it for a bit. Like you fry it on, like on the way you put it in there. Then after mm-hmm. that, for a bit, you flip it you over. Flip it, yeah. Um, but I think the yolk is that's more what cooked I'm talking through, about. Cooked through on a over medium. Yeah, I mean, there's still some runniness, but there's a little bit more of hardness to it as well. But it'll right. run a little bit for sure. Right. All right, let me, let's just keep going back to the entrance. I'm never going to figure this out. Um, <laughs> my next untranslatable, <laughs> this is so aggravating. My untranslatable is uh, Igbo. Igbo is a language spoken in uh, Nigeria. And I believe also Niger and Congo as well. And um, it is... Ogbacha oso a guo mile. After a race, the miles or distance covered is calculated. Calculated. After a race, the miles uh, is are calculated. We'll just cut it down. So, a little so bit. it means it doesn't doesn't matter what you do to what you do or what you say till it's over. Mm, no. No. Okay. No. Let, let's let's. I, I, all of my um uh these my first two untranslatables i i I picked because they had something to do with our episode today right now i'd say you're living pretty freely and carefree in uh, bali Mm -hmm. and then also after the race the miles or distance covered is calculated i feel like that's kind of what we're doing here okay oh so so just like you'll figure it out later being reflective after a difficult task. Oh, that's a good one. You calculate how many miles you've run after you've you've run it. Don't calculate the miles as you're running. Right. We'll be doing that when we get into the main mm-hmm. segment, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You made it out of a rather difficult situation and now it's mm-hmm. time to reflect, you know? You better believe it. And you know what, Jared? Uh I think uh, if you want, we might as well just get into the main segment now because sure. I can save my other one for next time. 
Um, so Jared, let's, well, first off, I'll, I'll let you ask questions because I always love your questions. So what questions do you have for me? Um, first of all, do you have any updates on the coronavirus? Do you know, do you know how that's been going? Um, I've been following it a little bit. Um, I mean, the numbers, do you try not to follow it? I watch. There's a there's an MD on YouTube. I forget the the channel, the, the name of the guy's channel, but there's a doctor on YouTube that uh, posts a lot of stuff that seems very like he references legitimate academic medical journals about the virus and like other stuff like that. And his numbers seem to be fairly fairly accurate for what China has been reporting. Um, that's another discussion mm. for another time. But um, the good news is though is that. At least I watched the video the other day, and the amount of infected people has dropped significantly, meaning there was a rate of, like, the number of people that were getting infected. The rate infected. of infection. Correct. And that's mm-hmm. starting to drop, which I think is a good sign. Um, now, I will say Are this, though, concerned? about the... Are you concerned? Yes. And Sorry. You're good. About your girlfriend, I was going to say. Well, she she is safe and sound back in Russia, um, so... Oh, okay, good. So I think I think she's. I mean, health wise, she should be doing okay. I talked to her this morning, and uh, seems like she's doing great. Um, I'm also feeling good. I'm, I'm. I've now been here for uh, nine days. They say that most patients who were sick started to show symptoms generally around day five. Um, I'm past mm. day five, and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'll feel much better come day 14 when I know that that's past the incubation period, <laughs> um, because you never sure, know, sure. but, uh, so far so good. Yeah. But you're past the active, more active correct period. And there of, are no of, cases of, in of when Indonesia. It usually hits. There are no cases in right. Indonesia and Indonesia. The reason why my girlfriend was not able to come, unfortunately, was the day my girlfriend was going to fly in, Indonesia has blocked all passengers coming in from mainland China. doesn't matter if you are Chinese, American, Russian, German, uh, Japanese, Korean. does not matter. If you were in mainland China within the last two weeks and you want to come to Indonesia, you are not able to. Um, so, Which is a bummer, but it mm-hmm. might help. It, it, it well, I would assume it would help you regarding a little selfishly. It'll help you getting right. back into the U.S. Yes, you've been there for almost a month, and they, and you're coming from a country that doesn't allow in, ex, exit or entry into right. China right now. And as far as I know, there are still no cases in Indonesia. I'm not sure if there are or right. not, but but last I checked, there weren't. So I, I've been checking a little bit more, so just because I do worry and uh, and I'm. A little scared for my Chinese colleagues. You know, I want them to all stay sure. healthy. All the people in China, you know, nobody deserves to um, get this terrible virus, uh, let alone die from it. Um, so, so yeah. So I've been keeping a little bit of tabs on it, but not. Do you know too how much. it is in Jinan, which is where you you used to live? For those that don't, I know. looked at a graphic the other day, and I think that, oh, I forget how many cases there were. Um, the good thing is, though, there's also a good number of people who have recovered. So they're saying that this is more infectious than SARS, but it's less deadly. Okay. Well, that's, I guess, good news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, that's good. Sorry. I want to see if I, I was just seeing if I could quickly find what it was like in uh, Jinan specifically. But I, it's, I, it didn't come up. Anyway, um, have you been – I mean, obviously – your mom uh, is in constant concern about you, I imagine. Uh, if you're not at home, then she's just constantly worrying about you is how I imagine she lives her life. <laughs> I think yes and um, no. Probably not that extreme. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not that. I'm just kidding. Um, but have you been talking to uh, American friends? Uh, and has have people contacted you about about uh, the virus and, 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 and your safety and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, Have you been getting stupid questions or very no, nice No, no uh, stupid sentiments. questions. Just nice nice messages saying, you know, we're sorry to hear about, you know, your fellowship ending. Um, you know, most, most people... How do people know your fellowship's ended? I posted it on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Because Don, Don brought it up to me. He's like, and I was like, how do you know? Because yep. um, I actually got rid of Facebook. So um, right. I, didn't, I didn't see that. There, there you go. You yeah. got to put it on the gram. Right. Or you just told me, so that works right. too. Right. Well, I'm probably going to post something on the gram today, uh, actually with some pictures and stuff. Um, 
Mm. But yeah, got to take some time to write a very heartfelt, long caption for those photos. But anyways, but yeah, the, the response of people has been nice. The other thing is too, though, is I've, you know, I've messaged people and been like, oh, hey, we should hang out. I was worried that some people's response would be like, oh, I don't want to hang out with you coming from China and the coronavirus. <laughs> because that's how a lot of people are treating this issue right now, which, right. I, think, <laughs> which I think on on some level I get. But I think to the extreme of it, it's a little ridiculous. I'm going to be honest. Because, yeah. because when H1N1, uh, I'm pretty sure Google this for me, Jared, but I'm pretty sure it, when H1N1 uh, influenza came uh, in, I think that was 2009, it came from the United States. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but just Google like origin of H1N1 flu. I thought it came from the United States. And uh, even if and flu in general is a huge uh, oh, a, the swine huge or, origin influenza H1N1 virus that appeared in 2001 was first found in human beings in Mexico. Well, it's still North America. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. So when the swine flu was a thing, people weren't boycotting or avoiding Mexican restaurants. People weren't sure. writing xenophobic posts about Mexican people. Surprisingly. Right. But <laughs> Actually, I think no. I think that I th- here's the thing. I get that people are scared. I'd be lying to say if I wasn't scared too when I was in China. I feel a lot more secure here in Bali um, just because mm-hmm. there are no cases and everything else. But Anyways, that's the thing, is that I think there's a lot of xenophobia right now towards Chinese people uh, and Chinese culture. Yeah. And and look, could China have handled the situation better? Of course. But, you know, at the same time, it's hard, it's hard to point the finger and really make an accurate judgment of something when you're not there, when you don't know all of the facts. Um, and, you know, some of the facts we don't know because uh, there's a lot we don't know about the virus. Um, and, and stuff like that. And so I don't know. I just wish that people would be a little bit more rational and understanding and not so xenophobic towards not only Chinese people, but Asian people in general have gotten the brunt of all sorts sure. of negativity because of this virus. Um, and I think that needs to stop. And as we mentioned on the last episode, uh, just your normal seasonal flu is way more of an immediate risk for just about everyone in the United States right. and way more realistic of something that people are dangerously affected by, right. <laughs> that people don't even take the proper precautions for that. And, and you know, you hear about this, um, this, you know, strange virus that no one's ever heard of and it's new and weird that's right. affected a small portion of people in a country far away. And everyone here all of a sudden freaks out. Right. Well, and see, that's the thing is, although the numbers look high, I mean, this, the city of Wuhan, where it originated, has, I think, over 10 or 11 million people. So, you right. know, like, what? I'm, I'm no mathematician. Like percent. But, right. It's a small yeah. percentage of people there. Um, so, yeah. But right. anyways, uh, tune into our last episode if you want to hear more about coronavirus. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're I mean, I, I really just want to know what, um, like, people, if you were hearing from people back home or here mm-hmm. and and uh, how that was going. Um, um, okay. Uh, I have... Um, I, well, how did your last presentation go? Really well. I did a presentation here in Bali uh, with... Uh, English, like yesterday, wasn't it? Two yes, days ago, in, with English teachers, also uh, Indonesian teachers, teachers of Indonesian language, and I did a, a workshop on post-reading activities. So some some things you can do after your students have read a, a book or some or or a comic or whatever in their classes, and it went well. I think it was mm. well received. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, what was funny though is um, some of the chairs were kind of old and had uh, they were like these little plastic chairs. And during my presentation, one of the chairs broke and one of the participants fell over. Uh, and it was a lot like the sound of the plastic chair snapping was pretty loud. Scared the shit out of me, Jared. Scared the shit out of <laughs> oh, me. Oh, yeah, because it's also tile floors uh, from what right. I see here. Exactly. Yeah, those chairs do not look built for uh, adults. Like, those look like for kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it was really good. It was great. I learned a lot from the presentations Uh I was watching. I will tell you though, it was a long day. I got up at six, and we got back to the um, hotel. Around you got up 5 at six. PM. I did. Yes, sir. Wow. Hard I to didn't believe even know your Jared, body was, knew how to do that. 
Um, right. It definitely so won't people once will I see... move back to the States, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I texted you the other day at, uh, and asking you a question about something. And I, I, I told Sydney, I was like, well, it's right now, it's probably about, it looks like it's about 7.30 there. So, you know, he probably won't respond until about 11 because he doesn't wake up until right. about 11 every day. But uh, he'll, he'll definitely respond. Um, so uh, speaking, one more thing about this, uh, about the, the presentations you gave. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I Actually, I, that's the first time I've heard you brought, bring up that topic. Is mm-hmm. this, this is not the first time you've done this topic, is it? I, I assume it's not. It is. It is. Oh. Because we were Did you purposely... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. You're uh, specifically... We, we, were, we were specifically asked by the embassy in Jakarta to prepare uh, a topic either related to reading or creative writing. Um, uh, okay, and I have okay, more experience okay. with reading as a teacher uh, than creative writing, so I figured I would do one on reading. Plus, I like to read. Did you feel so. any... Did you feel any different about it because it was the last one, like more chill or like, um, you know, that's, or, or that's the sad, sentimental? Right. That's the interesting thing. I was thinking about that yesterday before I presented. Um, and I guess for me, I just wanted to end on a positive note. I wanted to make sure, sure. that these teachers learned something. I wanted to have some fun with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Flirt a little bit. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I don't know why, Jared, but the last. Since I've been in Ubud, the food hasn't been sitting super well with my stomach. I haven't had any serious issues, but just like some discomfort. And I ate, I had lunch before my second presentation. And I don't know, like the food here is a little spicy, but it's not like anything that I haven't eaten before. In terms yeah, it's of spice. not blowing you away. Um, right. But my stomach was in knots for my last presentation. So mm. at that point, I was like, I just hope I can get through this presentation. Um not to go into too much detail, but I will say that I do notice a uh, correlation between anxiety slash nerves and bowel activity. There's a there's a correlation there for sure. Sure. So um, before we started, you were talking to me about how um, you know you're constantly striving to be more positive, look at mm-hmm. life in a better way and i just heard you you know you just got me thinking when you're talking about stomach uh stomach issues i want to get into some of the things you won't miss about china first then we'll finish off with some of the things you'll miss because you mentioned to me that uh you don't like the idea of ending the the episodes on a negative note we should end on positive notes so if we have anything negative to say start with that so the positive stuff is what gets highlighted Exactly. So uh, the things that I will not miss. Uh, some of these are kind of weird, though. Some of these, like I kind of won't miss, but in a way, I also will miss a little bit. One mm. of those, Jared, is being such an outsider. You get looked at everywhere. I yes. Mean, for some people, I'm probably the first guy they've ever seen that was maybe white or white guy with a beard and blue eyes or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. that in the beginning, it's kind of cool because because you realize like oh everybody's looking at you. <laughs> But I would so. say about the right. <laughs> but I would bet after, and I loved the way kids would react because kids would look at you oh, and they'd smile that. and they would wave. And I would usually say ni hao or hello, and the kids would be all super excited. So that was really cute and adorable. In Germany, sometimes when I, I used to get kids staring at me, I, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I was more awkward. Bruno, you know, what's was, you? What's you I then? hated it. I hated it. I was like, you never seen a black person before, right? Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but we see, exist. That's, that's the thing, though, Jared. Towards, I think, month four, when people were still doing it, I was like, what? You've really never seen a white person before? Uh, so, so yeah. Um, so, you know, that thing, like, I, I won't, you know, I won't miss being, because I think in China, China is one of those countries where one of one of the things is that, as I've said before, the even just the, the language they use when talking about people, uh, expats living in China, they use the term foreigner. Right, so mm. that already I think makes you feel a little bit like an outsider. The big language barrier makes you feel like an outsider as well. Um, and I will tell you, Jared, I won't miss uh, going to the grocery store and just having no idea what the heck so many things are. In the beginning, it's a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. and it's really cool to be yeah. adventurous. But after a while, did you ever just pick random stuff off that like cheap stuff and see what you got? Once in a while, yeah, a couple times, like more mm. like packaged snacks yes definitely yeah like a candy or a snack or something right now if if there was a picture of a fish on it or shrimp steered clear of that because that's not my yeah that's (laughs) not my thing um 
but yeah, but but on the on the flip side of that coin, it is fun for a while to because mm-hmm. there's so many cool new things you can try. New adventures, exactly. But after, but the other thing I won't miss is like the outrageous price of anything that is Western. You know, if you want to buy mm. cheese, you're gonna pay an arm and a leg. Uh, you want to get a pizza. The quality of pizza at a lot of places isn't great. Uh, you want to get anything like Western, it's not going to be cheap and affordable. Um, did did you have a, speaking of food, did you have a sort of low-level lingering fear of uh, food poisoning? Or, yep. or or was that not really, or, was it, or did you get over that? But it was kind of always just like, this meal might mess me up more than i'd like <laughs> it was it was only it's always kind it, of a possibility it was only when i was ordering food from a place that i had never been inside because the places i went with chinese colleagues and when i went to workshops and stuff if you can see the restaurant usually if you can see that it's it's fairly clean and everything then in theory you should be okay it's the dirty restaurants mm-hmm. that don't have great you know sanitary practices that's where you get the bacteria and that's where you get food poisoning um sure so i always felt really safe in beijing though uh well one my girlfriend has been living there long enough she knows all the good places and reputable places so in jinan it was kind of a shot in the dark when i would order food um but i will say jared i won't miss the the risk of of low quality food because i think in the states especially we generally have very high quality food uh there's a lot of other food standards there that uh, keeps it maybe safe. not high quality food high quality food standard high food Correct. standard that's I, what I meant. i'd say exactly i don't know about exactly. high quality food <laughs> right right but the chances of you getting food poisoning i think we that that's very well mitigated in right. the united states especially at, at restaurants and yeah. grocery stores and stuff i mean that's everywhere you get food but uh yeah right. i think we're, we're good at that mm-hmm. uh Definitely would not say we have the high, especially high quality foods, though. Right. Uh, I mean, we can if you look for it. Um, another thing I'm going to imagine you don't miss is the air pollution. Correct. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, the air pollu- the overall, the overall pollution and cleanliness of China. Some places are very well taken care of. But there's a lot of, I mean, you see a lot of cigarette like butts. Like ground pollution, too? Oh, okay. It's yeah, not like, just like air littering. pollution. Yeah, you see a lot of cigarette right. butts. You see, like, like bubble tea cups and all sorts of stuff uh, littered all yeah. over the place. Um, but there are I a lot that. of places that where they do take good care. So it's not, everywhere in China is not dirty. I'm not trying to say that. There were so many beautiful places in China that I'll really miss. Um, but, yeah, that I won't miss the air pollution. Uh, and I also, one thing I will not miss, Jerry, is the sound of this you hear that all the time in china uh people are spitting in china usually it's older chinese men and it is disgusting it's gross Uh, dude it's so nice i was in the bathroom the other day um and this dude next to me was doing that like and and, like and he was just go did it like three or four times at the urinal and and then he like he's like and he like spat into the urinal like bro i'm right here Right. I was like, damn, like the level of uh, amount of shame that you don't have, I'm both disgusted and envious by. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, but those, um, okay. those are the things that I won't miss. Um, but there's a lot of things that I will miss, Jared. And the first thing that yeah. I will miss uh, is uh, honestly the Chinese language. I've thought, like, you know, I'm not very good at Chinese, but I thought I was slowly starting to learn some stuff. It's so much easier to learn a language when you live in the country where they speak the language. Especially a language like that where it's it's such a huge barrier for us Americans. Exactly. It feels like. And I thought my ear was starting to catch on of the tones a little bit better. Now, whether or not I can produce those accurately is a completely different right. story. But that's one thing that I'm really going to miss is just uh, I think Chinese characters look really beautiful. Um you know, and, and I was really hoping to learn more about the language and culture. So I'm going to miss Chinese language and Chinese culture big time. Uh, the very obvious one that I think in a way almost goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways, is I'm really going to miss my students and my colleagues at mm-hmm. the university and at the embassy. They were all so great. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking to them and teaching them and working with them. Um, you know, it was so such a wonderful semester. So I'm really sad that I'll have to leave all of them behind. Is this the first time you've uh, were you've had a job where part of the role is giving presentations like you did? 
Uh, yeah, because as a Fulbright, I gave a few presentations, but for the most part, this was very heavily teacher training based, which is why I applied for this fellowship, because I want to gain a lot more experience as a teacher trainer. Um, mm. I think it's a lot of fun to help local teachers improve their teaching practices, uh, improve their English abilities. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and I think the teachers are really a, appreciative of it. Is a role like that uh, tough to find for someone at your level, like um, like a, a dual role where you're doing that sort of training slash presenting and just a normal sort of teacher at the same time it's, in the it's same not, job? It's, right. It's not easy. That's why I reapplied for the fellowship for the fall. Because it's it's mm. not easy to find a job like that um, where you get the best of both worlds. Usually, you're either a lecturer or you're a teacher trainer. It's hard to be both, right? Unless you yeah. unless you freelance one of those. If you're a freelance tutor or lecturer, or if you're a freelance consultant or teacher trainer, yeah. Sure, sure. And what that afforded you was um, opportunities to travel too, and. Mm-hmm. Not just travel, but but the guided travel. Do you know, like tra- guided meaning you weren't just going into a place blind, you know, you had, you right. had people that, that knew it and were showing you around and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Do, do you know of some places that you might or that you would have had coming up that are obviously now off the calendar because your, your fellowship's over? Like any places that you were looking forward to? Like I know um, Ulaanbaatar was a place that we talked about well before you went there, of a place that you mm-hmm. were very excited to go to. Right. Oh, I loved Ulaanbaatar uh, in Mongolia. Um, well, no, because we we weren't... Usually you start to plan the next semester, like what events will be coming up, what conferences uh, sometime in February, which would be now. Um, so no, I'm not sure. Okay. But I will tell you one thing that I'm super bummed about. I was hoping to... Uh, schedule a a teaching workshop in Jinan at my university. Um, Obviously, now that will not happen. Exactly. So now that won't happen, which is a bummer. I was really looking forward to that, uh, to have the other fellows meet some of my colleagues. And uh, yeah, so that's a a bummer. Um, If you were to be the host, would you be requesting top dip to topics or is that coming from your colleagues? uh, I would I would be the one organizing and requesting topics. Yeah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, it would have been great. It's a lot of pressure, though. Uh, it feels other, like. Otherwise, though, Jared, some places that I wanted to go to or go back to were uh, I wanted to go back to Xi'an. Xi'an was really cool, mm-hmm. and that's a very historic city in China. The food there is super delicious. But you don't really get to explore. I do. I, I feel like I remember that was one where we we talked about the games. Correct. Uh, Correct. In, for in, during teaching, but we we didn't really talk about the actual city because you didn't you you kind of were in and out. Exactly. Right. And see, that's the, that's the negative thing about some of these workshops is that it's great to work with the right. local teachers, but you don't get much time to explore the city. You're not on vacation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And once you're done, you're so tired because you've been working all day, it's hard to explore. Um, sometimes yeah. you just gotta, uh, just gotta say, screw it. I'm still, I'm tired, but I'm still going to do it. Um, but yeah, so Xi'an, I'd yeah. like to go back. I'd really like to go to um, Sichuan province to try the food there. Uh, it's spicy food. Also, uh, in Chengdu, they have uh, pandas. So that would have been super Sich- awesome. Sichuan? Mm-hmm. Sichuan, yeah. Now, uh, okay. I almost don't want to do this, but this is a genuine question. You, you, okay. How do you spell Sichuan? S-I-C-H-U-A-N, I believe. Huh. Okay. I, I feel like I've heard uh, I, I've heard of this place before, mm-hmm. but um, oh my gosh, have you seen pictures from this place? Looks beautiful, doesn't it? What are these like rock things that are just? Have you have you seen this place? Uh, what rock things? There's like these freestanding rock formations that um, it look like a like a giant Stonehenge or something. Okay. Uh, sorry, I got super distracted. This place is amazing. <laughs> right. Um, so th- this is just a place you wanted to go to on your on your own accord. Correct. There were so many okay. places in China, and I'm going to be honest with you, Jared. Um, I, I had I had a bit of a breakdown on uh, Thursday night. Um, my girlfriend was uh, asleep in bed, and I was kind of looking down at her, and I realized like the next day I was supposed to fly out of China. And, uh, you know, at the time, I didn't know what was like w- how Georgetown uh, and the embassy was going to handle everything with the fellowship. Um, so I was really worried about that. Um, 
And I thought, you know, this might be my last time in China. Uh, I also didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, when I'd be seeing my girlfriend again. So I just kind of lost it and uh, and was in tears. And but but you know, first of all, to anybody who's losing a job or going through a s- stressful situation, embrace it because now I think because I did that, I feel so much better. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you just gotta cry it out. You know, I mean, I I know it sounds silly, but I think that's pretty decent advice. Actually, is you know, sometimes just just accept it and embrace your emotions. You know, um, but the reason why I say this is it really made me realize how much I had l- begun to love China and how much more I still wanted to do and wanted to see. And so that's one thing I'm really yeah. going to miss is just the opportunities there. There are so many great places to visit, so much amazing food I didn't get to try. Um, even stuff in Beijing I wanted to still see that I hadn't seen yet. You know, I haven't seen the Great Wall of China yet. I uh, lived in China for five months and didn't see the Great Wall, Yeah, for that's example. crazy. Uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but really what, what it boils down to, Jared, I think the things I'm going to miss the most, um, I think most people who do any travel or work abroad will probably say the exact same thing. The thing I'm going to miss the most, obviously, is the people. Um, sure. I mean, Chinese people were so generous to me, so hospitable, so helpful, so nice, so kind. Um, you know, I, I, I really can't thank them enough. Um, but it, it was just such a great experience overall. Now there's one more thing that I, um, that was beautiful chat. Uh, there was one more thing that I am almost reluctant to bring up that I'm going to, I'm going to miss that you didn't get to do. And I'm almost reluctant to bring it up because bring it up. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you had any intention of actually doing this at all. And I think you know what I'm going to say. What? Mm -mm. Ping pong. Oh, I no, I am bummed about that. Um, I am. I didn't get the intention that. that you really cared to try to make that happen. Well, so and you always talked talked about it so like theoretically, but never with right. any sort of intention, you know? Right. Uh, Which is shocking to me for someone that grew up <laughs> like learning it. Right, and and I do really enjoy playing it. I guess I guess the reason why is because the first month or the first semester I was there. Um, I just didn't see how it would feasibly work. But I will tell you, and this is another thing I'm super bummed about, and a thing I'll miss, is I had a great class schedule for next semester, and I'm really going to miss teaching uh, teaching those classes. I had a couple writing classes that I was super excited to teach, uh, and my schedule mm. was going to be only morning classes. So we would have had to make some adjustments for the podcast, but right. I would have had free afternoons, which would have meant I would have had the time to travel to wherever to play table tennis. So I started thinking about... Mm. Now I can do this, but now, yeah. So I'm super bummed about that. Um, Yeah, because I because the issue was I hadn't uh, I hadn't found a pad. I should have brought a paddle. That's the first mistake I made. I didn't bring a paddle because I wanted to buy one in China, kind of as like a cool souvenir or memento. Um, And I couldn't find any stores near where I was uh, because I was kind of in the middle of nowhere in Jinan. And I asked all my coworkers, "Are there any stores?" And they they all were just like. Just buy on the internet because that's what everyone does in China. Uh, is they just buy it online. But the thing is, is with the with the with the ping pong paddle, there's you, no sentimentality you wanna, to, you to hold that. It. You want to you, you gotta be able to hold it and look at it. And buying it online, unless you already have seen it in a store, doesn't really work. Um, Especially if you're trying to get a memento from your time in China, right? You want at least some sort of story behind buying it, other than I just typed in ping or pong online, <laughs> right? Right, and exactly. And the other thing is too is that all the paddles online are the same ones I could buy in the states. It's the same right. company, same brand, same everything. So I was hoping if I went to a store, there would be like a local brand or something there. I could some handmade shit or something. Exactly. All with right. Some well, cool I take Chinese it back. characters. I was under the impression that you just weren't that interested in making it happen, but uh, I apologize. It sounds like you actually did want to make that happen. Yeah, it it was just Um, the scheduling logistics um, of of the first semester. Second semester, I think it it definitely would have been possible. Um, So, yeah. So, the question in my head when I was just writing out some stuff I wanted to talk about, I wanted to to end on any goodbyes that she didn't get to say, but we covered that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I did have one, one last thing I wanted to ask you. Do you feel like your fellowship was canceled uh, hastily or prematurely, or do you think that that was the right decision? That's a great question. I th- I think that uh, Georgetown and the U.S. Embassy and Educational and Cultural Affairs 
um, handled it the best way they could. Um, because I, uh, now whether or not that was hastily, I'm not really, it's hard to say. Mm. Um, but I, I think that, I think that they handled things properly. Um, because, because at the end of the day, they, they have to look out for the health and well being of all Americans on any exchange program. And the fellowship is yeah. an exchange program. Um, now I would have liked, I wish they could have somehow had us wait and see, but the problem is, is then we'd have to wait all outside of China because the U S is also, also has a, uh, level four travel warning on China, which basically means do not travel to China unless you absolutely have to, unless it's absolutely So you couldn't wait in China, you couldn't go back to the U S so they'd essentially just be putting you up somewhere for an undetermined amount of time. Exactly. So, so in terms of logistics, I don't think that's feasible. I don't think that's really doable. So I think they've really handled the situation well. Um, my boss, unfortunately, was not able to come to Bali because she was helping evacuate Americans out of Wuhan and out of China. Um, so she was wow. stuck there in Beijing. Um, so I have to shout out to her. Right. No kidding. Um, and it's really too bad. She you're talking about people I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to. I really wish she would have been here in Bali because um, she she was such a great boss, uh, helped me out so much, gave me so many opportunities um, and she is well, make just, sure you send her a message. Make I'm sure you do to. that because that's worry. definitely possible to do. Yeah, I have a lot of messages today that I need to write. A lot of people I need to say goodbye to. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, it's it's been a, a wild ride these first five months. I mean, the silver lining is I'll be back in Michigan soon. We'll be able to see Jared and we'll be able to see my parents, Ooh, which yes. will be nice. Um, but yeah, I'm going to miss a lot in China. You know, there, there was still, I think, a level of newness and excitement. Even living there for five months, there was still a lot to explore, a lot to do, a lot to learn. Um, but I did bring my uh, 200 most basic, uh, 200 most used characters of Chinese. I have my book with me. Uh, so Good. I'll still hopefully do that once in a while. I'm obviously not going to probably uh, learn with as much gusto as I was just because uh, I won't be living there anymore and won't be able to practice. I know I'm making excuses right now. That's probably why Jared's chuckling. But uh, no, but, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, but it's been great. Do you have any mm-hmm. more? Do you have any more idea? Uh, have you, or have is? Do you have to wait until you get back to the U.S. or do you have any more uh, information on getting your stuff? No idea. From China? No idea yet. I have given my apartment key to uh, the the regional uh, language office assistants, so they have my apartment key. Um, here's the tricky thing though, Jared, and I'm not sure why this is, but I believe in China, um, they don't allow you to ship used clothing out of China. I'm not sure why. I don't have no idea. What that means though, then is all of my clothes, I will not get back. So I have a suit there. I bought a couple nice jackets there. Yeah. I remember those jackets. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I I wonder if there's a way that the embassy can do it. I'm not sure. The other thing that I'm super worried about is uh, the the beautiful acoustic guitar my girlfriend bought me for Christmas. Um, so yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Jared. Yes, it would be nice to get my suit back and some of my other clothing, but if the only thing I can get back is that acoustic guitar, then that's all I really want back. You'll be happy. Exactly. Yeah. So Man, what a shit show. Right. But the other thing is, too, is that it also depends when the people can get to my apartment to pack everything up and ship it, which might be a while. Um, yeah, they're not. That's not a definitely right. not top of their list of things to exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> well, and the last thing I want is someone to house. right. Well, the last thing I want is someone to get sick because they had to go pack up my stuff. It's now, just be honest stuff with me. At the end of the day, is there is there anything in that apartment where you're like, uh, oh, this would be my lock? Or if they see this, or thankfully, just don't no. open that drawer. Thankfully, no. Um, Okay. No, there's nothing. There's nothing weird or awkward. I do have like maybe I have a bunch of single one R&B bill notes that I left there because I thought I was going to be coming back. Um, and at that point, I'm like, well, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't need it. Yeah, just take Not that it. They want it, right? Right. I mean, they don't want it either. They don't need cash. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so yeah, but I, I do have a couple things of sentimental value. I have the guitar my girlfriend bought me. I also have a watch my mom bought me last year for my birthday oh, while right. I was in the in the Czech Republic. So there's a couple and those jackets. things too. And those jackets are nice. <laughs> so we'll see. I'll let you know though, Jared, once I once I get things updated. That's the other thing. I have to make a, a spreadsheet of all the stuff that I want back. I have a pair of Jordans yeah. that I wore so much that the soles are pretty much 
worn to nothing. So I'm going to tell them, you know, obviously leave those, that, you know, throw them away or donate them or whatever. Um, I'm yeah, don't need those, but yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyways, Jared, uh, how about we talk about the song of the pod? Yes. Yes. It is by this a song... Chinese reggae group called Kawa. And the name of the song mm-hmm. is path of our world. Sorry to cut you off, buddy. What were you going to say? No, no, please. Th- uh, that, no, oh, I was gonna say the song's great. Um, so I googled Kawa, and I'll just give a quick uh, blurb of who they are. Kawa is a band from China that incorporates their traditional ethnic folk songs, poems, and chants from the mountains of Yunnan province, excuse me, with reggae music for a unique sound that can be heard nowhere else in, this, in the world. And, uh, I mean, based off of my very uneducated ear, I'd agree with that. I mean, it is, I mean, it's clearly, you know, reggae. They use like mm-hmm. a reggae instrumentation and melodies and all that stuff. But um, reggae works very well with this Chinese dialect. This song yes, does. is great. I love this song. I listened to it like three or four times in a row. I would have listened to it more if I had more time. I love it. Oh, it is. How'd you hear about fantastic. it too, by the way? Because it, it's not popular. Right. At least on YouTube, it's not. Right. Well, if they have a big following in China, it wouldn't be popular on YouTube. It would be popular. That's fair. Elsewhere, like uh, Weibo or somewhere else. But anyway, Yuku. That's also true. Um, so uh, I would say that. Well, well, I heard from them from a colleague of mine named John, who I'm super excited. I'll be spending a while with him in Kuta. Um, we're staying at the same hotel. Uh, and he has, he knows so many interesting musical artists from around the world. So get ready for some really interesting songs of the pod coming up mm. in the near future, Jared. Um, I could talk with him about music for hours and hours and hours on end. So thank you, John. Now, d- for, would you like to have him on the pod? Yeah, I can ask him. Uh, he's taught I mean, in a lot of places. We don't. We don't need to. I, and if you don't want to ask him, I, I don't blame have, you. The only issue is I only have one oh, mic. Right. Yeah, that's I forgot thing. about that. Never yep. mind. Don't worry about it. Don't yep. worry about it. Sorry, guys. He's not going to be on the pod. <laughs> you don't even have your mixer. I don't. No, they need them to. I'm probably just going to add buy that a to your one. spreadsheet. Yeah, Ugh. I'm probably just going to get. I'm going to get one that just has the one audio input instead of two, and hope they can send the other one back. At least with the one audio input, then I can record myself. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, it's a great song though. Back to the song of the pod. Yeah, it's a Chinese reggae group. Um, yeah, their, their dialect does sound awesome with reggae. Um, they have some mm-hmm. reggae chants in there as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, I've been listening to a lot of like reggae slash chill music lately just to try to de-stress a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> I hope any of our listeners out there that are going through some stressful times, give this song a listen. It'll definitely put you in a good mood. That is for sure. Oh yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, do you, do you, are we no longer doing Chinese words of the pod? I don't know. What I'm the, going to do my last Chinese word of the pod today, Jared. And that okay. last Chinese word of the pod is Zaijian. And Zaijian means goodbye. I figure oh, it's very Jesus. fitting. A little dramatic, but I'm, very fitting. I, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even live in China. And I'm about to cry. Uh, <laughs> mine is, uh, my Spanish word of the pod is the infinitive is remorar, which means to remember, uh, right? Remorar, excuse me. Yes, it is to remember. Reminisce, actually. Oh, excuse reminisce. me, reminisce. Ah, yeah. Okay. Remorar, not yeah. So that's what I came to my mind as we reminisced about this episode. Some very remorar. fitting one. I can't. I can't say it. <laughs> a little a slightly cool less dramatic than yours but still kind of dramatic <laughs> uh-huh. absolutely and just to, just to recap today's episode um really quickly a few things that i won't miss um some of the, the lack of um food standards and cleanliness standards in china um if you've ever been to a public cho- uh, toilet in china you probably know what i'm talking about um let's see here a couple wah, other things wah. i won't miss um I won't miss um, feeling so uh, feeling so much as an outsider. Uh, it'll be nice to be back in Michigan where my roots are, so that'll be good. Um, yeah. But really, the things I'll miss, I mean, just all of the great food. Um, like Chinese food is so delicious and so amazing. There's so many flavors and spices, um, and that's fantastic. I'm really going to miss 
um, exploring around China, seeing new places, uh, learning more Chinese as well. But the thing that I will miss the most, obviously, are um, the amazing people I've met along the way. So I want to thank all of those people I've met, my colleagues at Shandong Normal University, who have been so amazing. Um, all of my colleagues at the embassy and the other Chinese English language fellows have been so great. Now, I guess I should say China English language fellows because they're not Chinese. Um, and I also want to thank Jared for being such an amazing co-host and so supportive throughout oh, wow. all of this. Uh, I've always really enjoyed doing this podcast with you uh, to see what questions you have about China because I think when you live in a foreign country, there's a lot of things you kind of forget that people in the states or wherever would be curious about. So it's been super fun mm -hmm. uh, this entire journey with you, kind of documenting it and everything. Um, so I want to thank you as well. Yeah, I mean I've learned a lot too. So I like it. I, I like it too because I, I I learn a lot. I mean even about like things like Indonesian stuff. So. You know, exactly. It's, it's beneficial for everyone. Exactly. So listeners, keep your eyes and ears out in the near future for some more episodes related to Bali and Indonesia. I'm um, looking forward to recording those with you, Jared. Uh, and also, if you're curious and you want to get more details about what it's like to live and teach in China, um, places to go in Jinan or Beijing. I wish I could say other places, but really those are the two places where I spent the most time while I was in China. Let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Happy to give you some tips and recommendations. Uh, check out our Instagram if you want to see some pictures of what I was up to while I was in China. Also, Untranslatable Podcast. And lastly, if you need to chill out and want to hear some awesome Chinese reggae, check out our YouTube channel, Untranslatable Podcast. And at the Song of the Pod playlist, you'll be able to find Kawa, Path of Our World. Give it a listen. You will not be disappointed. Um, so, yeah. So, as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyame, muchas gracias, and shishin.